Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and this is episode 140 of The Real Build. And today I featured Matt Better, owner of Schaefer Construction out of Brighton, Michigan. And Matt and I dove into so many different topics in the construction industry. This one is packed full of great information, so you won't want to miss it. But most importantly, we talked about the process of true design build. That's what Matt does. He's in the commercial construction world. Obviously, I'm in the res residential world. But we talked about our process from start to finish and even after the build and how we go about it, how we're trying to improve and make our companies better and stand out from the competition. So much good information in this. You're going to want to hear it as well. Matt has been a serial entrepreneur in the construction industry, owning and operating everything from a residential remodeling company to a nationwide consulting firm. He also co-hosts the Construction Corner podcast, which I've been blessed to be featured on twice already. And he champions numerous other efforts geared towards making the trades cool again. He wants to promote the future of the industry to not only much needed new talent, but also those currently engaged in some form or another. So we dove into so many great topics in this show. And I really do appreciate all you that listen each and every week. With that being said, you all know the routine, like, comment, share, and let's dive into this episode. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction, give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Matt Vetter, welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Bill. I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is a long time coming. I've been on uh, your and Dylan's podcast. So uh, now I got to return the favor. I'm excited to have you on, talk some construction today. You're doing some big things in the commercial world. So we're going to dive into that. Before I get, before we get started though, let's talk about who you are. Who is Matt Better? Oh boy. That's a loaded question. So uh <laughs> <laughs> um, professionally, I'm, I'm the president and, and majority owner of, of Schaefer Construction. We are a, a smaller scale commercial uh, design build firm based in Southeast Michigan, about 45 minutes north of Detroit. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a father to, to three boys. Uh, this is that, that crazy time of year where we've got sports every single day and then some. So, uh, you know, my wife and I get to see each other for about 15 minutes in the evening, but We'll get through that, and it's it's a lot of fun. Awesome, man. I mean, obviously, I always like to kind of dig deeper into just your background in the construction business, too. So why construction? What led you to it? Uh, how'd you get involved in this business? Why not anything else? Why construction? <laughs> so I got my start um, in residential. I started okay. building houses uh, let me rephrase that. I started carrying lumber around residential sites when I was in my late teens. Um, 
worked for a small custom home builder. We did a lot of new builds, but primarily additions and, and renovations, high-end work in, in the Detroit metro markets. Uh, and I loved it. I, I instantly fell in love with it, man. I mean, I hear guys talking about kind of the nostalgia for uh, the smell of sawdust. And it's it, it's true. Whenever uh, we do a wood job, which is not often anymore, but it, it does happen from time to time, yeah. I make a point to go to those sites more frequently because it's just that that visceral experience you get, right? But I just loved it. I loved everything about it. You know, the guy I worked for uh, originally, he was in his he was in his forties when he started the company. He had you know served a, a lifetime sentence working for UPS as a some analyst. You know, some horribly boring job that he hated. And he kind of, he jumped ship. He was, you know, had that entrepreneurial fire. He wanted to do something different. And so he started this, this company. Now, truth be told, he wasn't that good of a, of a business owner. Um, so things change rather rapidly. But, but seeing him kind of pursuing that dream and, and doing it on his own and the freedoms he got, it really kind of sparked something into me. And I, I've never left. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm now in a commercial sector um, there's, there's a lot of similarities between the two. There's a lot of differences, but you know, it's, it's been a long ride. Um, I've been in the industry now for 22, 23 years, something like that. So it, it's just, it's, it's a part of me. I, I love it. I love building. I love producing things. I love handing over keys, whether it was, you know, the keys to somebody's new home or the keys to somebody's new business home. Um, it really didn't make a difference to me, but it's just the, you know, the, the process, the, the act involved and, and everything about it has just been a, a part of me for a long time. When you say the nostalgia that brings you back, it is crazy how like you go on a job site, it does bring you back. You see it, just the smell of something too. I mean, it could be good or bad, obviously, you know, <laughs> you, know you smell the smell of a porta potty or something. It's not going to bring you back too well, but, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's like, with me though too there there is that nostalgia there is that like you know it, it it's a passion thing and i fell in love with it too i i've said it's a love hate thing for me too growing up being kind of the laborer and everything you hated it but then it, it taught you everything you needed to know to get to where i am today and have a lot more respect for this business and um it is a business that deserves respect too because there's so many components that go into it hands down. Oh, absolutely, man. You know, I, my oldest son is, is 15 now. And, and I've told all, all three of my boys that you will work a manual labor job at some point in your early, early professional career, because I, whether you stay in construction or, or that sort of field, I don't really care, but it teaches you mm -hmm. humility. It teaches you confidence, you know, work ethic, everything, everything you need to succeed in any industry. I think you, you can learn by a good start in and humping lumber around. Oh yeah. Uh, and like I said too, it's just, if I would have not have done those things and had to wake up and work as a kid and, and, and have to, after football practice, go into work for my dad, I, I'd be a different person. I wouldn't have, you know, it just, it gives you a, a total respect for just work life, everything, especially the doing the hard work, doing the manual labor, lifting things, uh, having to, you know, my, my dad used to make me, uh, and I found out obviously today, knowing what I know, it was pointless. But back then I was like, you know, I didn't have a clue. I'm like, okay, maybe it needs to be. He used to always have me, uh, move, move the block from one, from one pile and make a new pile on the other side of the job site. <laughs> 
And now I realize how pointless that was, but he did it just so to give me something to do. And on top of it, you know, to build that, you know, that basically respect and everything too, because it was hard labor and, uh, you know, carrying those across the job site, putting them, restacking them. I was like, why the heck did I even, how did I not know that was pointless? <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how many stacks of two by fours I had to reorganize or sort, you know, and it's yeah. the same sort of deal. Make <laughs> a pile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's good for you though. And, and, yeah. and it's like, it, you can use it as your gym too. At that, at that age, you know, when you don't have to worry about eating right and, and living all that healthy, that was my gym. You know, when yeah. I was in my teens and early twenties, just that the virtue of doing that hard labor or that work kept me, you know, pretty well ripped at most mm-hmm. of the time. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially in the Florida sun down here too. It was, uh, oh, humidity was, uh it was brutal. So <laughs> definitely have a respect for the business. That's for sure. So let's talk about your company, uh, uh Schaefer yeah. and what you guys do. So what, what are some of the services you provide, uh, at your company? So we specialize in what, what we have coined true design build. Um, we build everything really outside of single family homes. Um, we do a lot of commercial retail. We do a lot of industrial, light industrial. Um, we used to do a lot of office work when there was still a lot of office work going on. Um, we've kind of branched out in the last few years. We've taken on some municipal projects, um, strategically speaking, that they're a, they're a good market to be in when when and if the bottom drops out again, um, they still have money to spend. Um, so, but yeah, we, we have, we cover kind of a wide breadth of, of different building types and, and uses. And, and, uh, going into it a little bit more to, um, you know, what, what do you, what would you consider your, your ultimate specialty? What are you building more of? I looked at your website too. Uh, obviously you're doing some, Creative, very. I watch your link. I looked at your LinkedIn as well, and see all the stuff you got coming up. What What was some of the major projects you've done thus far? Yeah. So, in the last few years, we, we've done some some cool stuff. We built a uh, a big community center for a, a local municipality. Um, it was about forty five thousand square feet. Um, wow. Indoor indoor uh, basketball volleyball courts with an elevated walking track around them. And then just, you know, office and, and rental space, a, a fitness center. Uh, that was a, a really cool project. We finished that um, just about a year ago. Um, it was 100% true design build. We, we did it. That was municipally funded, um, but we, we single sourced it. Um, so we weren't bidding against, you know, a large pool of people. It, it wasn't a, one of those situations. We took them literally from a, a napkin sketch one afternoon, I, I got a call from the, the director of a local parks and rec facility. And he, he said, you know, I've heard your, your name. I've heard what you guys do. We need help. We need some space. They were currently operating in a, this ramshackle little house, basically. And it, it didn't have any room. They couldn't do anything they needed to do. It was 1500 square feet and it just didn't work. And so we sat down and, and kind of, you know, sketched out on paper what he needed you know, and then through our process and the way we we approach the market, we kind of spun everything around, got budgets in place, got a design that, that fit their budget. Uh, and about a year later had a through, through the worst of the worst shutdowns and, and pandemic nonsense yeah. we've ever had. We, we got them open um, on budget, on time. And it's 
it's a pretty cool thing to see. We uh, we're currently building more of a mixed use facility right now. It's uh, for a local nonprofit. It's a, it's a great group of individuals, but it's 50,000 square feet. Uh, two thirds of it is, is um, you know, office space technically. Uh, and the rest of it is, is more residential. Um, we we're still in that weird phase where we can't, <laughs> we're not allowed to release who they are and talk too much about it, but it's same sort of process, right? It was, it's true design build. They reached out to us with a, with a problem and, and we showed them how we can solve it. And we've walked them through the entire process from, from zero to, to where we are now. We'll be swinging steel. Uh, as the date we're recording this, we're swinging steel next Monday. So it's, it's pretty cool to, to see something like that come to fruition. Let's go into that a little bit more. True design build uh, in your process too, because I'm interested in that. Obviously, building 45,000, 50,000 square feet, there's a lot of process behind that. There's a lot of uh, communication. There's a lot of, there's a lot of steps. Uh, hands down. I mean, I'm building residential and I'm bored. The biggest house we have right now is 8,000 square feet. So I can, I can only imagine 50,000 square feet and the steps you got to take because there's so many in a residential build. I can only imagine what you're dealing with. So let's talk about that, the true design build and that aspect of things and what you're doing to stand out. Yeah. So, I mean, to your point, yes, there's a lot of steps, whether it's 8,000 or 78,000. Um, and they're not exactly the same, right? Cause it's, it's obviously very different product types, but the process I think is really very similar, right? It's just at scale. So, you know, the way, the way we approach it. So true design build is, is, is a, it's almost a theory, right? Design build has been popular in the commercial world, at least for 20 plus years. And it's been a catchphrase. It's something that guys put on their wall in their conference room. They talk about it once in a while, but nobody really does it. Um, most of the guys that claim design build, they will, they still hard bid and low bid everything, just like just like the design bid guys do. Mm-hmm. What we do is a wholly different approach. It's a it's a holistic approach to the market where the clients will will hire us directly first. So we're the first on the site first on the scene, rather, we will then take all the programming efforts and all of the budgeting with the client directly. Then we go and we hire the right design team. So we hire the architect, we hire the engineers, we hire structural, civil, landscape design, everything that is needed, and we hold all of their contracts. So what that does is it allows us to to back a project into a budget that works for the end user. What, what happens a lot in the commercial world anyways, with the old school way, the design bid build is owner has a need, owner hires an architect, uh, tells them what they want, you know, and the architects are really good at designing pretty pictures, you know, and mm-hmm. functional pictures sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what architects aren't really good at is having a pulse on the construction markets, yeah. right? That's not, their, that's not their specialty. They shouldn't have to. But in the worst case, what happens is, you go through this process and it typically takes three months, sometimes six months, and they spit out this big stack of drawings and it's a beautiful building by right. But then they go and they shop it to the market. They bid it out to the lowest bidder and they come back and they say, well, yeah, we talked about an $8 million building. Our numbers came in at 16. Mm-hmm. And then what does the owner have to do, right? Either they, they swallow the cost and they hate it, you know, or they just can't do it. And 
And that's the worst thing. So now they've got this set of drawings that cost them six figures and they can't do a damn thing with it. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. so we flip that script and, and we meet with the client first. So we, we figure out what are you comfortable spending? You know, let's be open and honest here. We're going to show you all of our numbers. You know, we're a hundred percent open book. I'm going to tell you our fee. I'm going to tell you what we're making. I'm going to tell you everything. So there's nothing to hide. So once you build that level of trust, now let's talk, what are you comfortable spending? We then take that number, whatever it may be, and, and, you know, we situate and organize a design team based around that. You know, the best guy, the best architects for that product type and that size building, the best engineers and, and so on. And, and when we are kind of the puppeteer, the puppet master holding all the strings, we can make sure that while our design guys are designing, they're doing their job, we keep them on a, on a tight leash almost to that budget. So we know how much creative latitude we can give our architect. We know how much latitude we can give the, the landscape designer because we know what all of this stuff costs. And we're mm-hmm. constantly doing budgeting and estimating through this whole process. So that fast forward to the end of that, that ride, now we've got our set of drawings. We've got building permits in hand. The, the design fits all of the needs the owner wanted. And the best part about it is the budget fits. They can afford to build it. And, and there is the secret sauce. Like that's our, our specialty. That's what we do. And we do that by having this team-based approach, right? We, we will, a lot of times we'll pick our team right from the gate. So we'll pick our MEPs, our electricians, our plumbers, our mechanical guys, and, and we pick them based on project, but they have skin in the game and that, you know, they're not bidding against 15 other electricians. They're the guy and they know yeah. that. So they're setting the, the number. It's got to be realistic. Um, but we set those numbers in the beginning and then we have to design to them and they take part. So they will design their own, their own scope of work. Um, we've taken that as far as, as wrapping in our, our carpenters into that, that kind of core team. And it just, it creates a team based environment. It, it has a, you know, open communication. I mean, there's a lot of risk. There's a ton of risk involved on our end to do that. Um, and, and we, you know, we, we charge accordingly for that. And that's, that's kind of the value we bring to the market, but it's, it's a very different approach that not, at least in our area here in Southeast Michigan, not a lot of builders do it. Uh, and most of them are afraid to even consider it, you know, cause there's this, there's this age old philosophy that, you know, all contractors are out to screw anybody with a dollar in their pocket. And the only way you can build anything is, is low bid. And you go and you get, 10 numbers, hundred numbers, whatever it is. And you pick the guy who's the dead last lowest, and then you just assemble a project like that. And, you know, there's, there's firms that do that really well. And I'm not saying they're, they're wrong or I'm not saying they're right or, or indifferent, but it's just a very different model than what we provide. And I love your model because it's very similar to mine on the residential side too. And, and it's just, it's how you sell it too, in a lot of ways and how you sell yourself because yeah, there are a lot of people. I mean, I got a call yesterday for a guy that wants to build a big garage and he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to bid this out. I have the plans, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's what your typical person yeah. going into it is. And if you sell it the way to where people want to work with you, like you, you're selling that full on experience from start to finish. We're going to make sure that we meet your budget by doing this, but we're going to be with you along for that whole entire ride. It's not just you give us a plan, we bid it, we'll build it, we're done, that's it, and on to the next one. You're selling that experience, and that's where you're standing out, too, because it works in the residential world, too. 
a lot of sure. the clients I have right now are clients that, you know, we're open book, we're and and people know that going into it. And but they they go with us because they want that experience. They want the communication. They want to know what's going on. I mean, I had a guy email me today because I'm trying to set it up better. Uh, is with our um, with co-construct and so on too, where they can have the app on their phone and kind of follow the progress and give more communication to the client as well and updates and pictures. Um, it's just so important, especially when they're spending so much money. You know, and and like you said, the common way has always been, yeah, bring me your plans, I'll bid it. Lowest bidder always wins. But you're switching that to let's let's focus on the experience this time. Let's do that for one, you know, which is rare, but I think that's what's gonna make you stand out more. It, absolutely. And 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 same with you. I see what you're doing on, you know, I follow you through social and I see the way you're approaching it. And I think it is a very similar approach, mm-hmm. you know, different markets, obviously, but you know, we're we're creating a story with these people, right? And and that's that's the difference. So they they are they are helping to create their own story. And at the end of it, they are happy with the product. You know, they can look back on the, the whole experience and say, wow, that that's like nothing we've ever done before. That's, you know, everybody has horror stories about building and construction and, and everybody hears them and whatnot. And, and we are fighting very hard to kind of eliminate those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's something to be said for having a single point of contact from, from literal zero to finish. And, and in our case, that's typically me. And now as we're growing, it's, you know, me and maybe one of my team members, but, you know, once the architect in the old way, the architect's done and he's out. And then the earth worker comes in and when he's done, he's gone. And, you know, so on and so forth down the line. And, and so there's, there's, it's not that there's a lack of accountability, but there's a lack of access. Right. And with us, they have me soup to nuts, you know, from, they, they can call me in the design phase and the construction phase, warranty phase, whatever it may be. They, they always can get to me. And, you know, as long as I do my job and build that relationship and, and, and sell that, sell that story creation, hmm. then it all, it all works really well. Yeah. I relate quite a bit with that. It's, and I'm even thinking like, even with video too, like the guy that emailed me yesterday, uh, do a YouTube, you know, put a video on YouTube and say, Hey, here's your progress of me walking through the house, showing exactly where we're at with things, what's to come and what's next, instead of just putting up photos and stuff. My mind's always spinning with ideas of how we can communicate better, how we can get, get the client and just be on the same page, have the client because majority of the clients I deal with are 99% of them are here. Uh, very seasonal okay. area. Uh, so a lot of them have houses up North, uh, this time of year, they all start going back up North cause Florida gets really hot and the summers are a little bit muggy down here and so on. So, uh, there a lot of them want to know what's going on and it's just figuring out new ways to, keep the communication going. So let's go into communication too. What are some of the ways that you are, or what are you doing uh, that you're communicating better? And um, you know, what's, is there software you're using? Is there certain things you're doing to stand out? So it's interesting that you brought that up about your, your client base, you know, typically not being local, Mm -hmm. excuse me. 
typically ours is, right? And typically we're working for a company or an organization and, and they are very, very local. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in the in the recent past, we've teamed up with a couple different development groups. One of them's out of Utah, one of them's out of California, and we're building in Michigan. So we're kind of we're kind of cutting our teeth on what you were just saying. Like how how do we convey accurately what the heck is going on here to our guys in California or our guys in Utah? Um Outside of those instances where we do have local folks, you know, we, we're very big on on in-person communication and and when we can. From a software perspective, you know, what we're doing right now is great, right? And this is how we've been communicating with our our guys out west, um, primarily is through Zoom meetings, things like that. We we use a, a project management app called Fieldwire. Um, it's kind of like a it's like a dumbed down version of Procore. Um, mm-hmm. dumbed down in, in that it's not over-encompassing. It doesn't include every possible thing a construction company does. It also doesn't cost, you know, half yeah. of your annual budget of technology just for that. Um, but it, it does what we need it to. Um, it, it houses all of our drawings, all of our submittals, our contracts, our subcontracts. Um, we are, we're just barely scratching the surface on, on utilizing it to its fullest potential even. But as we continue to grow and, 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 proceed here, it's becoming more and more useful. Um, it, the, the best thing that, that we've seen internally is it allows my guys in the field, our superintendents to, you know, whip out their, their iPad or their laptop, wherever they're at in the, on the site and get me on the phone. And in real time, if there's an issue, they can be, you know, snapping pictures and, and circling things on the drawing and it's popping up immediately on my screen. So, so no more is it, Hey Matt, I'm in the, you know, room 211, blah, blah, blah. There's this and that going on. And and I'm sitting there, you know, flipping through my paper sheets, trying to figure out where the heck they're even at and what's going on. Well, now they can actually snap that picture and show me and it's, it's instantaneous and they can, you know, we can mark up the drawings back and forth. So it's been a a real help to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of that, I'll be honest, we we're not very tech savvy, you know, as a, as an industry in general, I think construction is pretty tech illiterate. There's some <laughs> firms that are, are getting better. Um, there's some firms leading the pack, but we, we certainly are not one of them. You know, we kind of use what works and, you know, it's, it's a modified, if it's not broke, don't fix it type of approach, I think. Yeah. See, that's with like me too, where we have it. We have uh, that system called co-construct actually builder trend just bought them, but uh, we went with co-construct cause it was a little bit user friendly for, uh, for um, residential contractors. And we're, t- I'm, I'm pretty tapped. I mean, we haven't fully tapped into the platform. There's so much you can utilize on it. And a lot of it, like, you know, linking your QuickBooks, all this different stuff, but we haven't done it yet because it is like that approach. If it's not broke, don't fix it type thing. Yeah. But you know, now you, then I get the email last night of, Hey, you know, you talked about this, the technology of us having an app and be able to follow the process. So I think that was the kick in the, you know what, to get me kind (laughs) of, all right, now I got to dive deeper into this thing too, because people are starting to want that a little bit more and these houses are getting bigger and more demanding and so on. So um, it's, it is, it is tough to implement something in because you're so used to the processes that, that you've had and we've slowly implemented, you know, more and more into what we do. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, we're so busy and we get so used to kind of that process of, uh, you know, just 
how we've always done it. If somebody wants to see an update, just maybe you FaceTime them or you just take a couple pictures and email it to them. So, you know, it's, it's, I get where you're coming from and there's so much like I, on, even on LinkedIn, I responded to somebody on this, uh, uh, it's crazy what's out there and I'm, I'm seeing it now. It is, uh, I responded to this, they had this huge blueprint and they were walking through the blueprint or like walking on top of it so they could actually feel room sizes I'm like, it's a good concept, but not everybody has a warehouse to do that, you know? And then one guy replied to me and said, Hey, check out the software where you could actually take an iPad and then you can directionally with the iPad, walk through the plan on the lot. And I was like, okay, now we're talking. That might be something I can look into and utilize. And then another guy responded and they were like, what if you can build that plan in the metaverse and actually have them go in with the with the goggles on and and walk through their house prior to it to it being built and live in the house and i said okay now we're getting even more crazy with the technology (laughs) here i don't even know how to do that i don't even know how to handle it but it's worth looking into it's just crazy how technology and everything's building up so let's talk about that that's a that's a whole nother topic. What are you seeing in commercial as far as technology and where that's going? You know, I'm, it's encouraging because there's a lot. There's a lot coming out right now, and uh, you know, a lot of it is like all the shiny new things, right? Yeah. You can't you can't just grab onto everything because you'll you'll go broke real fast. But there is some amazing construction tech coming onto the market, and we are just scratching the surface with it. But there's groups like. Uh, Dusty Robotics has this really awesome uh, layout robot, and it's they use it in residential just as much as commercial. Any t- anywhere you have a hard floor, you know, a, a wood subfloor or a slab, and these little, it, it's kind of a cool story. If you ever go to look it up, the owner and I, I can't remember her name, the founder, she was looking to design a a commercial industrial Roomba, right? The, the little robot vacuums. Mm-hmm. And then realize that like, okay, these commercial guys don't really need that. They're, that just doesn't work. Well, they took that, that platform and that's kind of what it looks like is a, is a little vacuum, but it's got, I don't pretend to understand all the, the ins and outs, but somehow it talks to a total station that has all your plans loaded in it. And this little robot zips along the floor and it's got an inkjet printer on its, on its belly and it prints out all of your layout in, wow. in a commercial setting like this, this 50,000 square foot building I mentioned earlier I've talked with my carpenters. It's going to take them about 200 man hours to lay this whole thing out. And if you, if you tag on a hundred bucks or, or 75 bucks an hour, you know, that's a big chunk of change. Yeah. Well, with this robot, it'll lay out the whole 50,000 square foot thing in about three days. And it's, wow. you know, it's, it's garbage in garbage out. Right. But as long as your plans are accurate, this thing is dead nuts to the plans. So there's, it's really neat to watch. And we're, we're actually talking with those folks about trying to get in there. They don't want to sell the units yet. They want, you know, uh, kind of dealer agreements, which makes it more complicated, but it's really cool technology to see. That's the one we're, we're closest to uh, implementing right now. Cause it would just be such a huge time saver. Um, and, and kind of what you were saying earlier about the, you know, the layout, I, I've seen what you're talking about where they have it in a dark warehouse mm-hmm. and you can walk through it and see it in the floor. Well, at least with this, it's printed on the floor, right? And and it's not like what we do now is is archaic, right? We have two guys and their hands and knees crawling around with tape measures and chalk boxes and, and Aquanet hairspray. And, you know, 
inevitably somebody screws up or somebody has, you know, the line on the wrong, the, the track on the wrong side of the line or whatever, this thing just zips around and prints it all. So now you can take the owners in and at least show them on the floor. Like, all right, you're standing in your new office. How's the view? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool to see there, there's a lot of stuff like that. I think that's coming on. It's going to have a lot of quick and, and easy to see value. Um, there's, you know, the Boston dynamics folks, those, they have some, some really sexy products, right? Like the dancing robots and the, and spot the dog thing. We haven't found a, a use really for them other than the novelty. I would, I think it'd be cool to have an electric dog walking around my job sites, taking pictures, but um, a lot of bigger contractors, I think, are using those. A lot of big industrial guys, where you know you've got chaseways and, and areas that are not easily accessible by a normal sized human. You can send these these robots in to take pictures and inspect and things. And but you know, just just tech in general, you know, it's it's just good to see it hitting our industry because again, we're we're the last to adopt it. Um, we're the hardest to convince that we need it. But you know, even. 10, 15 years ago, doing site work, you know, you never saw total stations on site. You never saw guys with GPS on their dozers or not very often. Now costs have come down and it's, it's commonplace. I mean, you go on our job sites and it, it's, it's not robotic. I mean, we still have humans operating them, but you know, when you can tag your dozer into a satellite and, and go grade a 10 acre parcel to a 10th of an inch, that's pretty impressive when, you know, and the blade's moving for you. You, you got to be there. You got to make sure mm. you know it doesn't go haywire. But <laughs> it's just cool stuff like that. I think is is really changing the face of what we do every day. It is good to see the change start happening because that's what I was going to say as well. Like we are the last to adapt to anything. It's just still the. It's pretty much the last industry where you just you you still need people. You still and I think you're always going to need people especially down here. I thought about that because even with modular builds, stuff like that, we can't really do that here because everything's concrete block construction. You actually yeah. need the laborers. You need the uh, everybody here to kind of bring these things together because all the codes and everything we deal with and face. But there is to see more technology and easier pathways to doing it like that robot you just talked about is awesome. Cause yeah, I mean, my framers are on their hands and knees with chalk lines, uh, marking up the floors and, and doing that when you can just send a robot in to do it, that would be unbelievable. I'm sure it needs a lot of ink cartridges, but <laughs> other than that, <laughs> other than that, uh, it's, uh, that's a amazing idea too. And I hope that uh, I hope to see that take shape too because that's not eliminating the framers you know that's just eliminating part of their job so which is it's beneficial to the builder uh maybe not as much to the framer money wise but uh the framer can always make up money uh, in their framing or you know whatever they do so uh it's it's good to see and you know with these software platforms like i said um just was talking about i think innovation is going to get better on you know like the co-constructs or the one you're using or the procures or um i think they need to become simpler in my opinion yes. more user-friendly uh i don't i am yet to see one that is uh even co-construct which i thought was user-friendly still takes me some figuring out you know yeah. and us in this business we don't always have the time to sit and figure out things because we're constantly moving. So I think they need to hire somebody that was, you know, I, a lot of guys not saying they don't have people that were in construction, 
but they need more, <laughs> I guess, to to implement this technology because that's one of my biggest issues is having the time to sit down and figure out, okay, how do we get this to work? How do I get this app on this phone? How do I do, you know, uh, a lot of it I have, but, and then you got to do the training calls and do I have time to sit down with somebody and do a full on training call? No. You know, do I have time to send the girl in my office to do it? No, she's busy as well. So, um, I think things are going to be on the bright side of that though. And then I, the more we all kind of give our opinions and so on, I think things, I had the guy, one of the head guys at co-construct on my podcast. It was a while ago. I should get them back on and see what updates they've done. But, um, yeah, I told him that I was like, that was one of my biggest issues with your software so far. And he's like, yeah, we're working on it. We like to hear the opinions and so on of the contractors. So it's always good to see the technology in the world. One thing I I saw on your website, uh, and we'll get into your core values here, but I saw your hashtag build better. Um, I want to, you've kind of, we obviously you've explained what you're doing and so on, but what's that mean to you build better ha- you know, that hashtag. Cause it, it was right on there, right in your face. So what's the meaning? <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a term that I coined a few years back and, and it was to represent, it represents our core values as a package, right? When you, when you take our core values and, and you throw them into the, the blender and you come out with this soup that is construction, that's how we build better. It's, it's through our culture, it's through our values. Um, and it's, it represents everything we do. We, we build better buildings, we build better teams, we build better communities um, and so on and so on. And it's, it's kind of, it, it, it almost takes our five core values and kind of squeezes them into one really easy to palette hashtag. And, and we use it everywhere now. It's on everything we do. It's on everything we touch. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's part marketing, it's part, part culture. Um, but it's, it's really just the, it's the reality of the way we operate. And it's what I mentioned, and you know, how I explained it earlier is just, we do things differently. Um, in order to make it a better experience for the client, for the end user. And, and we can promise that, that we are going to build better than the guy down the street. And here's how we do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I love that too, because I was reading over your core values and, and I love your core values too. I was looking at them. I'm like, these are pretty, these are actually really good. Uh, so we'll get into that too, but um, it can mean a lot. It has a lot of meaning to it too. Uh, you know, as far as just, but it stood out. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, you know, what you're doing, how you're doing it and going about being the best builder you can be because having that attitude in this business, uh, I don't want to say it's rare, but it it is a business of, just hopefully I can bid this job, get it, get it, and then move on to the next. And I, that's what this show is all about is I always talk about it as, um, you know, what can we do as contractors to go above and beyond? What are some, you know, what are those things that nobody else is really doing and implementing into their business that we can do better? Uh, and I'm always in search for that. And everybody I have on this show, they're, they're, they're doing something and there's always something. And obviously I've heard, you know, talking to you today too, with 
with just doing the things you're doing in commercial uh, from start to finish, sitting down with the client, implementing a strategy, implementing a budget, then going to the architect, finding the right architect, finding the right subcontractors uh, that can get you to that budget that still do quality work, and then going to uh, the building stage, that's where you're building better. Um, and, and I commend you for that too, because there's not a lot of, uh, contractors that are willing to do that. So I got a lot of respect for you for that. Well, thank you. And, and the feeling's mutual. And, you know, when I think it was when you were on our podcast, we talked about, you know, referral business and, and repeat business in our world. There is repeat business. There, there are always, you know, additions to be put on buildings we built or, or renovations, things like that. But, but typically speaking, especially when you're talking about municipal work or smaller companies, you know, this 50,000 square foot building we're, we're in the middle of right now, they're not going to build another thing probably in my career, right? They just, they won't. However, their friends will, their neighbors will, their, their associates will. And, and that's where that comes in, right? We're, we are at this point, we're 90% either referral based from repeat clients or working for repeat clients again. And that's the, that's the key, right? Because there's, especially in a market like this, there's, there's projects out there. You can find them, you know, you can build all the dog houses you want, but we're looking for a certain subsect of the market. We want to build interesting projects, right? I, I spent, a decade of my life building quick serve pizza franchise restaurants across the country. And I made a ton of money doing it. I had a lot of fun, but you don't get any value out of it. Right. When they open up and they start slinging pizzas out the door, it's like, okay, great. You know, on to the next one. When you provide somebody with a, a new headquarters or a new house, right? You, you get that intrinsic value because you know the value that person is going to, to glean out of the building that they're now headquartered in or, or living in, whatever the case may be. And, you know, that to us, like that's, that's what kind of makes us tick, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's why we build better. And, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we started using build better long before our, our current uh, administration started their little tag phrase that I won't even say it. <laughs> I've had people call me and say, yo, you know, Matt, you might want to change that. Cause it sounds a lot like, uh, like his thing. And I said, no, screw that. This is, this is mine. This is ours. This is our team. When, when in two years, when things change again, you'll remember build better. You won't remember the other one. So yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I mean, that's, that, what you just said, though, it is what it's all about, too, is just seeing that final product, product and seeing that reaction to that final product is what it's all about, too. And I, and I was actually interviewed recently uh, by a magazine and, and I was talking to her and she's like, what what overall um, is your, you know, with the outcome and what you do? you know, what do you love best about what you do basically? And I said, I go not sound cliche or whatever, but it's the reaction of the people with the final product and seeing how happy they are. Once we deliver that product, we know we're going to have warranty stuff and stuff like that, but it's continuing the relationship with them too. I just went to dinner with a client, uh, you know, uh, last weekend and had a full on conversation. Wasn't just about business. There was, you know, like a friendship, and that's turning these clients into friends, not just business, you know, not just doing business with them, but creating friendships with them too. And being able, I got clients coming to my wedding, you know, that we built houses for too. 
Uh, it's, it's just when you get to that level with your client, it's, it's a whole different world. And, and yeah, you're going to have those little bumps and questions, but when you treat it like a friendship too, and, and go in, as long as you, let me backtrack, as long as you take care of them, uh, that's, what's going to keep things going. Cause a lot of builders, you know, it's just when somebody like, you know, the email I got, uh, that I keep bringing up, it's just on the top of my head. Cause I got to answer it right after this, but, <laughs> uh, it, you know, I'm going to call them and I'm going to say, you know, what can I do to keep you in the loop more? What do you want? You know, if, if you're requesting pictures every two weeks, I'm not going to do that because there's not enough to see in every two weeks, you know, but yeah. if it's pictures as the progress goes on, we get drywall up, we get trim up, we get, you know, the cabinets and I'm happy to do that for you. You want video? I'll do a video. What do you want me to do? That's that process, that communication that most people aren't willing to do because they say they don't have time. They don't need the, you know, I don't have time to do all that. I just want to get the house done, move on to the next. That's where you're going wrong. Absolutely. You know, and <laughs> time is what you make it, right? One of, I think, our collective mentors, Ed Milet, has yeah. a quote that, that I have on my wall, and it's, it's procrastination is a thief and, and fear is a liar. Hmm. And that's how I've approached everything I'm doing in the last five years. And hmm. you, you make time. You have to make time for your clients. You have to make time for your family. You have to make time for yourself. Yeah. Time's there. And it, just, it is what you make of it. And you know, to, to like, you could just touch them back to, to see the look on someone's face when you hand them the keys to their brand new home. You know, that's a good feeling inside to when I go back to that community center and I see, you know, 60 some odd kids playing basketball on, on the court that I built. That's a cool feeling, right? Cause it's not, it's not transactional. It's, it's relationship based. We could make money, right? I, we're all relatively smart guys. You know, we hang in the same kind of global circles. We could go do a lot of things, with a lot less stress than construction and probably make more money if we, if we really wanted to. But the reality is it's, it's that kind of gut check when you hand over the keys to the house or the building or whatever it is that, that makes it worth it to me. Yeah. I think we're probably in one of the most stressful businesses you, know, you can possibly be in. You know, I, For I, think sure. I think I see a new gray hair daily. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it doesn't uh, stop. So. No, no. And it, it can be, especially in the world today with the economy, the way it is and, and the supply chain and all that, it's constantly a pivot where, what, what can we do to keep these jobs moving? And, and that's always top of mind is who do I need to hire? What do I need to do? Uh, you know, we have those relationships with certain vendors. If there's a sub that's not, you know, pr uh, producing, okay, who can we find? Because the state of Florida right now, there's a lot of people that moved here and there's a lot of people moving, uh, opening up businesses. So there's always opportunity yeah. to find somebody else. Like I just found another tile person. They've been phenomenal, you know, because my last tile guy's price kept going up and up. A lot of it was greed. And I saw that too. There's no reason for it. So, you know, but he's busy and uh, it's just being able to maneuver for your client is what you have to do uh, on a consistent basis. And I don't think my clients know that enough, you know, and I'm always constantly reminding them when I call them and, and I say, Hey, this was priced here. I got you at this price. That's the open book strategy too. You know, I'm trying yep. to do whatever it takes to help you out. Uh, yes, whatever, the more it's charged, we make money, but I have a conscience. I, I want you to be happy. 
and kind of putting that out there and talking to them about it, uh, it goes such a long way because they're like, oh, thank you, you know, and or just meeting them in person. If they got a problem with a closet, okay, let's go to a different closet company, have a discussion with them, see if you like them better. Uh, it's not, you know, we like to use our, our, our certain subs. We always will. But if one's slack and not performing, I'm willing to kind of go to another one, but I need to make sure they check out and they're doing good work first before I even put them on a job. I'm not looking for the cheapest price either. You know, I just hired another pool contractor that was twice the price of my other pool contractor, but I've seen their work. And for this specific pool, I, I need them because I know they do phenomenal work. And I told the client that I go, you're going to end up paying double for this company, but I've seen their work. I've seen two pools and I got another superintendent that works for another builder that told me it's the best pool contractor he's ever dealt with. So that's why I'm hiring them. If you're okay with that. No. Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. So (laughs) it's, yeah. I mean, we've never talked about fee structure between you and I, but like we're, we're, we're earning what we're charging. Yeah. And, and I'll be the first to tell everybody, we will not be the cheapest guys in the block. And yeah. I don't want to be. That's that's a, that's a different market, right? That's a different way of approaching it. And, and if you want to do that, go have at it. That's not us. And, you know, we're going to provide you the ultimate value for what you're paying. I can mm-hmm. guarantee that. I can guarantee that that the value we bring will way out outpace our fee, but we won't be, we won't be the cheapest guys around. And our, our, trade partners, our subs that we bring into the mix won't be the cheapest guys around either. But when you're done, when your project's done, rather, you're going to have a quality building. You have the experience that we've talked about today. And, and you have that, you know, that know-how that, or that, that knowledge that if anything ever goes wrong, you've got this entire team, right? We, we always kind of joke that we, you know, cause in commercial, everything's a 12 month warranty and then psh, don't call me. Well, that's garbage, right? We, we offer a, a one-year lifetime warranty. And, and that's really how we approach it, right? We have, you know, it, it's construction, it's buildings. There's, there's things in, in motion. It's like engines, right? Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to go wrong. We are the guys that you can call in five years. And I may not do it for free. You know, there, there's, I'm not an idiot and you're not going to take advantage of us. But if you call me and say, hey, my AC is down or, or whatever it may be, I am the guy that will go out and, and find someone and get them there and get it fixed. Right. And, and you can always rely on us on my team to do that for you. And, and that's where, you know, that's just another market difference. I think that, that it sounds like you guys do that, that we do, and it, it sets us apart and it, it creates the experience. We keep going back to experience and story and, you know, it, it's, it's cliche in a way, but it's really not when you do it right. When you're actually creating a positive experience for the end user and it's not just a transaction. Yeah. And it, it, what you just said, I mean, it's, it's a one year lifetime warranty and, and a lot of builders don't know after the one year they're done or even during the one year they're done uh, yeah. for some of them, some cases, but I, uh, and going back to the quality, what you said, I, we're not the cheapest. I tell people that we're not the most expensive. We're probably right in the middle and we're going to do a, a quality job. That's going to you know blow anybody away. Even the higher price guy, I'm sure of it too. Uh, but it, it's even with the warranty after the fact, that's how I sell our, ourselves too is yeah, you know, we're willing to help you out. If your AC goes down, whatever I've, I've sent AC companies over, even when the one that installed it couldn't get there. I have a friend that does AC. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to call him, see if he can get over there sooner. 
uh, having those connections and everything, but even stuff. And I've talked about this in the past too, stuff that should not have happened. We're willing to go back and fix it. You know, if, if a guy's pool tile fell off his pool wall after two years after he's out of warranty, uh, I had my pool guy go back there and fix it. And I said, don't, you're not charging anything. Cause that shouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, the stuff that shouldn't happen, we're willing to take care of it when most builders won't. And like I had a, I've told this story before a plumbing leak happened, uh, drywall screw PEX pipe was just kind of loose in the wall. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, against the stud. It wasn't toilet would flush, would rub against that screw pipe burst caused a lot of, a lot of issues. Well, he cut it. We cut up on the wall, figured that out. That was the problem. Called my uh, plumber. He, he admitted it was the problem and he, he, it was his fault, but he didn't say it was him, the specific plumber that was there. And, uh, (laughs) anyway, long story short, we paid for everything, fixed everything, got it all handled for that customer. Well, that customer's referred two people to me. So, and one of them being a 5,200 square foot house. So it's just doing those things that you don't always want to do is going to put you in a better position later in the future. Andy Frisella told me, he answered one of my questions one day on, on this was a couple, I think a couple of years ago, but time's flying. But, um, one of his answers to my question at the time, he goes, just play the long-term game, always focus, especially in your business, focus on the long-term game. And that's stuck with me since that day. That's been my focus. 100% is just playing that long-term game, taking care of everybody that comes across my path. And it's going to benefit me into the future because construction is a future business big time. You know, we're dealing with now and we're dealing with everything that's going to happen 10 years from now too. So. Absolutely. And you have to be in it for the long, for the long game, right? The the TikTok all-stars and and the Bitcoin billionaires, that's cool and all. You can do that more power to you, but it's very rare. Right. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're building one-offs and, and, you know, it's just, I'm going to build you a pizza place and I'll never hear from you again, ever. I don't know. In my mind, that's a, that's a crappy way to go about it. It's a crappy way to live. I I'm doing these relationship based programs where I might build you the building now and I may not build you anything else ever, but I know that even in 10 years, we're still going to be friends and your friends are still going to be coming to me and their friends are going to be coming to me. And it's self-preservation too. You know, especially now as, as our team is, our internal team is growing, you know, I look at it as I'm the guy that's responsible now for putting food on these plates. And I, I think about that's what keeps me up at night, right? I count all my employees. I count every single member of their family and I start doing the math and it's like, holy cow. All right. I, I have to be providing for these people so they can eat, they can feed their kids. So now what do I do? Now, how do I plan the next 10 years, next 20 years, next 30 years so that I know that through this whole process, my people are, are eating, you know, figuratively, but you know, there, there's guys who do it, you know, just the one-offs and, and they bang them out and they're gone. And, and as long as you can keep up that volume, I guess, sure, go, it works. But, but what happens when times get tough again? And, and you don't have, if you don't have relationships to fall back on and in those, those preset conditions where these people know you, they like you, they trust you already, I don't know. I don't want to be in that position. No, no. And, and, and most of the time 
it doesn't end up working out when you're in that position right. and you end up gone too. And right. how many builders do you see come and go too? You know, I've been doing this long enough to kind of see uh, the ones that are, you know, there, they pump out for the lowest price as many homes as they can and they end up getting bit in the end and end up getting lawsuits and all that. And then they end up going somewhere else in the state of Florida and doing the same thing. So it's yeah. just, it's, it's happened multiple times in my area and it's happening now. I mean, times were busy and now things are going to slow down, I think. And, uh, uh, the guys that are, were giving things away, it's Rob, Peter, pay Paul. So, you, you know, you're taken from the front end to get the back end going and somebody's going to get, end up getting burnt in the end pretty much. So it always happens that way, unfortunately, but that's why we're doing this podcast to prevent people from doing that. So there you go. Yeah. So hey, we've been, I, I want to get in before, before we get going here. Cause I know you get to go is uh, some personal questions to wrap this up. One of the questions I always ask everybody is what about you personally, you're building an amazing company that continues to grow each and every day. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business or lives that can help us grow? The biggest lesson I've learned, and I, and I actually read it this morning uh, in text form, and it made perfect sense to me. And it was, um, you, you can't let doubt, fear, and worry take over and, and rule how you proceed, right? If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to do anything, whether it's construction or owning a bakery or, or owning a car shop, you got to get that stuff out of your head because it's mm. like the analogy they, they listed was, would you stand around all day beating your head with a rock? because you were afraid of something falling out of the sky and hitting you one day down in the future. No, of course not. Of course you won't. So why would you let doubt, fear, and worry occupy your, your very precious mental real estate now because of the, the if come, right? And, and most of the bad stuff that you think about, the worst and the worst, usually probably doesn't happen ever. So you got to have a, a positive mindset, but you got you to be a risk taker in this world, in this industry especially, and don't wait. You know, if, if I had started doing operating the way I operate now, if I had started 20 years ago when I started in construction, man, I, I couldn't even, I can't fathom where I'd be. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad for the bumps and the bruises I took along the way. Cause I've learned, right. I learned the, the hard knock way of what to do and what not to do. I've seen it all, but I waited, I waited right. until I was, you know, more comfortable and more ready to take that, that final biggest leap. And, and maybe it wasn't the final leap. Let me rephrase that. The, the next biggest leap, right? There will be the next one that comes down the pipe, but you know, you, you got to go through it with a clear, positive mindset and, and be looking towards the future always and, and just take the leap once in a while. And I love that because I needed that. I think we all need that because we all, especially in the world today, we always have our doubts, our worries, and our fears. I mean, you turn on the news and it's just a blo- it's it's just horrible. It's a blood. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like crazy how uh, yeah. everything is just so negative uh, and just so turns your mind to the worst in the worst case scenario. And I and I've turned it off. I've I've tried getting rid of it on Instagram too, just so I don't, because it takes away your focus. Yeah. I care as an American and so on too. I'm, I'm, uh, I care about what's going on in this country and we all should too. Uh, you know, and that we should do our part as much as we possibly can, but we all need to remain focused on our lives too, and our businesses and can't let 
the fear of everything going out uh, going on out outside of what we do take control of us personally and i and we all struggle with that i admit i struggle with it too and it kind of because you it it does it is worrisome when you're hearing the doom and gloom of a recession and all that too and i was actually talking with brian hess about this uh who you might know he's been on my podcast too and personal coach and he was saying just be prepared move forward keep doing what you can as the time comes to have a plan and then you know just keep uh keep your progress going whatever you have try and get as much business as possible going but keep your head up throughout it too and and don't change, you know, don't change your course unless you truly have to when the time comes. But right now, we just need to be focused. And on your marketing, too, when everybody else is in fear, go all in. I mean, we've heard that how many times through Arte, too. And and uh, that's what I'm going to start doing, too. While everybody's kind of pulling back, I'm going to go all in. There's the marketing budget. Let's go. You know, it's it's game time. Like, we can still get attention on us and so on, too. I mean, that's what I did when COVID hit and just constant videos and all that and now we have you know more jobs than we've ever had before so it's just yeah i I love that you can't live in fear and i needed that personally so thank you (laughs) you know i mean in the entrepreneurial space especially the rta guys we all took the red pill a long long time ago and you can't you have to be aware like you said but you can't focus on it because you still have all those mouths to feed and you nailed it. Like now is the time to put your foot on the gas. And, and that's what we're doing. We, we had, we have posted now our two best years in a row with phenomenal growth. And it started in, in the worst, the worst anyone could imagine. Right. We had, we had projects with the doors locked because we couldn't legally go and work on them anymore. Mm. But that's when, instead of going home and, and putting our feet up and eating Cheetos and getting, you know, fat, dumb and happy, we all put, put our heads together and that's when our marketing started churning and we started getting more active on, on social and we started you know, targeting different markets and reading books and, and doing the development side of it. And, you know, it, it's a mindset for sure. But when everyone else is slowing down and, and getting scared and starting to, you know, peek out from the closed door, that's when I'm going to kick the damn door open. You know, we're, we're not slowing down. I'm, I'm looking for that 10 year, 20 year, 30 year picture. And I know how we, we're going to get there. And that goes back to playing the long term. That's that's hands down right there. What you said. It's it's just so important because so many people just sit in fear. I mean, I got customers now that uh, we're we're on the brink of contracts, and they're they're fearing because the stock market, like I said, was it's it's you're seeing red everywhere. I mean, it's crypto yeah. stocks, everything, and when and. How many times have we seen that cycle of the stock market pulling back, everybody freaking out, it's the end of the world, so on, and this just, we're done. And and yeah, there's a lot of big things if you follow the economics behind everything too going on with the dollar and so on too. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep moving forward. So are you. That's what we all we can do in life uh, and uh, just do what we can to take care of us, our families and and, uh, you know, say your prayers, put in God's hand and keep moving forward. So, um, next question before we get going here is most people talk about your past. Let's talk about your future. Where will we see Matt in the future? Who will you be 10, 15, 20 years? Um, <laughs> I want to be my potential. Yeah. That's where I want to be. I want to be, 
you know, we've heard Ed talk about it. I want to be when I'm, when I'm laying on my deathbed and I, and I float up to the pearly gates, hopefully, or, or maybe down below, who knows? <laughs> I want to, I want to meet my potential self and shake his hand and say, we're the same dude, you know, from, from all aspects, personal life, professional life, you know, the, the, the building company, you know, I've got massive, massive targets. I I've literally in the last few months, I've 10 X my, my previous goals because nice. I, I decided it was too easy. It was too attainable, right. Where we had it. And so, um, we're going to be growing leaps and bounds. We're, we're building our team, you know, we're, we're adding to our, our repertoire of, of what we can build and how we can do it. Um, you know, my, my wife and I are starting some, some side gigs. We're, we're looking at some uh, rental properties and things like that down in closer to your neck of the woods, a little bit closer anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in 10 years, I, I'll be a, a wholly different person in, in a good way. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you come down this way, let me know. That's for sure. I will so. do. I will do. <laughs> and I have no doubt you're going to get there, man. It's, it's, you're definitely doing some big things. I've been watching you and on social and everything so uh commend you for that for sure too and i have no doubt that you're going to make those you. goals uh last question what this show's all about what exactly do people need to look for when building their next commercial project and why should they choose matt better as their builder of choice you, you need to look for a team that that you gel with you know regardless of it's me or, or somebody else you know, the, the buildings we're building, they're, they're no small dollar ticket, right? I mean, it's a lot of money. It's real dollars we're talking about here. And if you're going to invest that sort of money, let alone all the time and the stress of, of building, you need to be in a team that you fit well with. And, and I, I feel that's why you should be on my team um, because we're really, we're really good at what we do, right? We're humble, but we're confident. Um, we, we build better, right? It's just that plain and simple. We, we will take the lion's share of the stress off of your plate and give you the best experience possible. But if it's not me, if it's not my team, find somebody else that, that you gel with. Because if you don't have some sort of relationship, it's not worth the stress. It's just not. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's all about the relationship too, because you've got to be on the same page with whoever you hire, you work with, and so on too. And and we can go into a whole nother topic. I think that's why with like social media, it's so important to me too, uh, is because people see my personality and whether they're going to work with me or not right off the bat too. But then yeah. having those initial meetings and getting to know each other and kind of feeling and it's with the builders too. I mean, it's important for us to mesh with the customer and not a lot of builders take that in consideration because they just want the job but I've turned down jobs because I've learned, you know, if this, if I'm not going to click with you, the rest of my team's not going to click with you and it's not going to be a good experience. So that relationship has to be good off the bat and I have to vibe with them. And if I don't, I ain't sending them with everybody else too. So absolutely. Absolutely. I want to have fun too. Right. Like I said, you and I could go do anything. We could go Mm -hmm. sell widgets make a bunch of money. <laughs> I want to have fun doing what I'm doing. If I can't guarantee myself that, that call it selfish, call it what we want, but I come first. If it's not going to be fun for me, same thing you just said, I'll walk away in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's not worth it. 
just because the amount of aggravation you're going to get is just not worth the time. And we spend too much time with uh, a lot of these customers too. And to have a bad relationship and end up with a bad result, that's just not worth the time. So we've only got so many trips around the sun, right? We (laughs) want to make the most of it. Yeah, I highly agree. So Matt, this has been awesome, man. Uh, covered a lot of stuff. You and I can probably go on for hours. I say that to a lot of my guests, but this we can definitely talk construction for hours. So for sure. unfortunately, people can't listen for hours. So I'll have to have you <laughs> on again too. Um, where can people last thing? Where can people find and connect with you? So I'm most active on on LinkedIn, Matt Vetter, um, Schaefer Construction. But to be honest, we post the same thing. Um, I'm Matt Vetter on all the platforms, but LinkedIn is by far the, the most active websites, SchaeferConstruction.net. You can find me through all those channels pretty easily. And then the podcast. Yeah, the podcast is the Construction Corner. Uh, I co-host with my good friend, Dylan Mitchell. We record, you know, same topics um, all around the construction industry. We've had you on. We've had a lot of cool guests on. So uh, give us a spin. Awesome, man. I really appreciate your time today. This has been great. And uh, we'll definitely have to get together again on this in the future and uh, talk some more and once and see how everything pans out here coming up. In the Absolutely, future. Bill. Thank, thank you for having me on, man. It's been fun. Awesome. So everybody listening, you know the routine. Please like, share, comment, and uh, spread this podcast. Like I always ask, five-star reviews only are allowed. So take the time to do it. And uh, I will see you guys on the next episode.